Previously on Yahweh's Hard Talk. Today, what do I see? I see organizations claiming to be IT savvy or to have embraced technology. Yet, if you look at the business cards for their staff, half of them have a free Gmail account or one of the others. The organization, even as we speak, has not been able to embrace why you have domain addresses where you have registered domains for your organization. What this means is that anytime one of your clients needs to contact your salespeople, they're contacting them on their personal email addresses. So the day that particular salesperson or employee leaves, you have no idea what contacts they had with your clients. So when they walk away, they walk away completely with your clients. And so you start publishing messages in newspapers that note XYZ is no longer an employee of this organization. And I can assure you, even if most of your customers see that advert in the papers, they won't know what to do because the only contact they have is of that particular person. Welcome to Hard Talk, a podcast that looks at how we use technology and specifically ICTs in our daily professional and personal lives. Be it technological advancement in the transport industry, the revolution caused by the mobile phone, I also cover the disruption it is causing in the food and also the building industry. I'm your host, Robert Yawe, an ICT practitioner with over 30 years experience. It is said that the only constant in life is change, but it's one of those sayings we all seem to forget at some point. As an ICT practitioner, I was on track to greatness. The light at the end of the tunnel was getting closer and closer. This was before Google came into the picture. With over 16 years in the business, I never thought that my greatest competitor would have been a multi-billion dollar company with a global footprint headquartered thousands of kilometers away. Now, the light at the end of the tunnel was moving towards me at a rate much higher than I was traveling towards it. It was a Google steam train. When I started my career, many of us used UUCP and the like, the Unix systems, for email. But then the microcomputer showed up, and we were able to now move towards people embracing email and what we called groupware. In my case, Microsoft Exchange was a platform that I rolled out across the country. It solved many problems. It allowed organizations to send emails to each other within the company. It allowed them to send out emails, to create shared folders, and really to make the organization more efficient in its communication. Most of the systems we implemented of Microsoft Exchange were what we call on-premise. Why? Because we didn't have fast enough connectivity to be able to do it either as a cloud or a shared service. The reason most organizations had Microsoft Exchange running on-premise was because we didn't have the connectivity to allow for centralized servers for most organizations. But this changed rapidly as we laid fiber from here across the world to what most of us call the internet, which is the United States of America. And that is why things started changing rapidly. The other issue was also we did not have local hosting capacity. Sadly, that seems to be the case even now when one of our largest technology companies opts to become a vendor for a third party, then build the capacity locally for us to start hosting many of our applications. So based on those glass cables we ran across the sea, it meant that my competitor was no longer the IT company across the street. My competitor became the global giants sitting thousands of kilometers away because it was very easy for them to now reach my client. So what happened with me and my Microsoft Exchange servers? 
as usual, these servers required regular maintenance. So one of my clients was a large bank and they paid us an annual maintenance fee to keep their servers running. At one point, I noted that they had not reached out to us about the renewal of the contract. And so I decided to take a trip to the client's offices. As usual, all the niceties went and sat down with the head of IT. And I said, uh, so what's going on with our maintenance agreement with you for your Microsoft Exchange server? And uh, he laughed and he told me, Exchange, we moved. I said, what do you mean you moved? He said, we moved to the Google Cloud. I said, what? How? But I didn't help you do it. And they said, we didn't need to. Google did the transfer for us. And that's the day I realized that my competitor was a 100-pound gorilla called Google. There's no hiding anymore. The world had landed into my backyard. How did I get hit with this? I became complacent, just like most of us do. When a system is working and the checks are coming in, there's very little need to try and look at innovation or look at how to change what is running fine. I paid for my blindness or my myopia. But since then, I have said that will not happen. I shall be the one who leads my clients to the next level in technology. And how are we doing that? Today, I know Google is on the way here, more with their cloud solutions. Microsoft is already here. Amazon is on the way here. And sooner or later, what is currently my core business, which is keeping those on-premise data centers running, will soon come to an end. But will I sit back or am I sitting back and waiting for the inevitable? No, I'm not. I'm trying my level best to make sure that if my clients are going to move onto a cloud platform, I will have a presence in that space. I normally like to think of myself as a casualty of the internet, although it's more about my laxity and refusal to accept that things were changing and were changing rapidly. The fact that Google was able to take over my client was more about me not being aware of what was happening in the technology space in which I claimed to be a leading player. This shall continue to happen. More recently, I know I sat in a panel and people in the banking sector were feeling frustrated that Central Bank was insisting on what you call data sovereignty. They didn't care where your processing took place, but your data had to sit in country. This has had a major effect over time. The bringing home of M-Pesa was basically because of that. But what that has taught the Googles and the Microsofts of this world is that they need to start playing in the local space. As we sit thinking that we can collocate our banks and our insurance companies because of data sovereignty issues, let me tell those others in the industry with me. The big boys are setting up local and overnight they shall meet the central bank and the AKI requirements for our data being domiciled locally. And at that point, many of us shall have to look for alternative careers. So I realized that I shall not call myself a casualty, but more the dinosaur that refused to see the impending changes. We need to stop complaining about foreign companies and start looking at what they are doing and then build local capacity to make sure that they do not run us out of business or turn us like they have turned our big friend Safaricom into a vendor for a third-party cloud provider instead of being the leaders in that space. We need to start growing our own cloud capacity. We need to start providing financial solutions, accounting solutions, HR solutions, for our local companies that reside on local hardware. Cloud is not that difficult. Companies like Angani prove to us that using industry standard hardware, we could grow cloud solutions that we could then roll out to our SMEs and the rest so that we stop this obsession of claiming that the internet is down. And what we really mean is that you can't reach a server in the US. I wrote this article about must have been what? Over 10 years ago. 
So the question is, has much changed since? For most of us, not much has changed. But I'm not sitting on my laurels. I'm not complaining about the onslaught by the bigger boys. I am working with enough local innovative technology startups to make sure that we can dam out the big boys when it comes to providing solutions to our local businesses. So as these changes happen and all these companies from across the world come in to take up businesses in my backyard, I'm left with two clear and distinct options. Either drop off the technology field and go become a chicken farmer or engineer my entire business model to play in the new environment. Technology is taking over our jobs, but it does not stop us from creating new ones. We exist in a world where most things are not static. Google, for me, was a new environment, a more dynamic one, demanding and unforgiving as opposed to the one that I was an expert in. But in return, the opportunities in the new environment are often greater, wider, and more exciting. Back to the tunnel where it all started. The train had run over my little manual crank rail cart. So what were the initial thoughts to adapting? I ran along with it, climbed on its back, and off we were on a journey into the future. This podcast is hosted by Robert Yahweh and the content is based on articles written on the monthly magazine CIO East Africa. Production is done by Acute Media.